Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hey Paul. Hello Linda. Today. Today. We thought the topic of the day, topic du jour. There you are, French. Oh, very good. Well, not really badly. How about cookbooks? (coughs) Yeah. How'd you come up with that idea, Linda? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul, (laughs) it it is a topic we haven't covered. No, and I know it's not, well, it's not not really steam related cooking related well it is cooking related but not steam related but i just thought yeah because i was looking through my collection of cookbooks the other day um particularly noting the ones that had been well worn versus the ones that hadn't and i've now decided that there are two particular types of cookbooks and what are they once the coffee table show off i know i really want to sort of make myself feel good about cooking and look at beautiful pictures and never actually cook anything out of that particular cookbook. And then there's a cookbook. Okay. I, I have, it's like going into someone's library where they've got all the greatest novels written all time, but haven't read them. True. But there's another one, which is the inspirational book. I would say that goes into that category as well. Okay. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm the same. I'm no different. I have those books as well. So it's the chefs that I look up to. I have their books, and I know full well that I will never cook anything out of them. But I have them for inspiration, for you know those things to look pretty. And then you've got the cookbooks which you actually use, and that's probably what I really wanted to talk more about. The cookbooks that you use. Yeah. So you've probably got some. Well, I've got the one that I got from Home Economics back in the year 1820 (laughs) when I did Home Economics, and it's called Cookery the Australian Way. Wow. There are no pictures. Yeah. I started off by just helping my family when my dad was a shift worker and mum would often work late. Bring it in. Oh, it's a tatty. It's actually on – I've got a photo of it on – um, steam steamed up, but I talked about that. But um, but it's tatty. It's got some sort of old, you know, those old fashioned uh, covering, the vinyl coverings we yeah. used to put around books to try and keep the covers, yeah, the book together when it all fell apart. And you can tell the recipes I've cooked over the years because it's just the ones genuinely stuck together. Yeah, there's no pictures. Yeah, it's just recipes. It's like the old. Um, the, the CWA, Country Women's Association, that yeah. we've all had as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I got this when I was 13. Yeah. So, like, well, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to talk about this was I was just sort of thinking that if you are going to buy a cookbook or you're looking to get a cookbook, think about what you want out of it. Do you want it to actually cook the recipes out of it and copy exactly what's been done verbatim or do you want it more for that inspirational side of things have something pretty with nice pictures and all the rest of it so when you when you're shopping around for a cookbook just think about 
don't, and I would suggest don't buy a cookbook for one recipe either. Um, do you tend to buy the cookbooks that you use? Do you tend to buy one on a particular type, like breads or, you know, um, a style of cuisine like Italian or Spanish, or would you buy by the chef? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, so I have both. Um, but generally, the cookbooks of the chefs that I buy will be in the cuisine type that I like. Okay. So Thomas Keller, although it's you wouldn't consider it classic French cuisine, but it's heavily based on classic French technique um, and a lot of French terminology and more technique than anything else. Um, <clears throat> but like my most two most used cookbooks at home are LaRousse Gastronomic, which isn't a cookbook I wouldn't consider. It's more the encyclopedia of cooking. Um, and there's another one which is by a very famous Australian cook, not chef, um, Maggie Beer. Oh, sorry, not Maggie Beer, Stephanie Alexander. Stephanie Alexander, well-known. I think she's yeah. well-known around the world. Well, she probably, I would say that she probably is. And that book's called The Cook's Companion. I have that. Yeah. And that, I would say, for any home cook is, although it has recipes, the information within it is just as valuable as the recipes. There's very few pictures, which, okay, some people like, some people don't like. Um, but that book is, like, worn. It used to be bright orange, looked really nice. It is worn out. My mother gave that to me when I was about 15 or 16, I think. Um, and I've used that thing to death, and not so much for the recipes, but the information in there, you can open a page and she'll talk about artichokes as an example stuff that you just maybe don't know off the top of your head when's good the seasons you know all that sort of stuff um the types um and it will also have various preparations but and that's very similar to what larousse gastronomic is um it will have some very classic base level recipes that are really good fundamentals and the fundamentals are Having good knowledge of fundamentals then you can take things a bit further, but you've got to understand the fundamentals first. So they're the two cookbooks that I actually use, uh, and the rest are just more for inspiration. I tend to look at uh, the cookbooks that I've been given as presents, and they tend to be the big Spanish cookbook yeah. or the Italian, and I love looking through them. Yeah. But it's not how I cook at home. Yeah. I, I then go, okay, we're going out for tea now, Dougie. Because yeah. then you go, we want it really nice. We want a really good version of that. But it's interesting. I and, and I don't tend to use my cookbook. I tend to think if I get it out, if I'm feeling a little bit unsure, just feeling like a little a bit of inspiration, I look back at the recipes that have stuck together, yeah. like the Scottish shortbread and the brown stew. I think it was the first thing I learned to make for my family when... I had to do something for dinner, and I got the book out, and that was what we what had. Was it called? Brown, Brown I know, really wow. sounds appealing. Yeah, I think my dad, after a couple of times of making it, said, "Let's just change that up a bit, will we?" But it was something that I use, and it does give me that comfort in a way that some good novels that you go back to. Yeah, I think Doug's reading for the eighty-eighth time, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and occasionally he picks up. Um, 
uh, you know, one of the yeah. um, Lord of the Rings novel, you know, like from yeah. which he's read since he was about 10. So we all have our book that we go to yeah. and that would be my cookbook that I go to for just comfort and then I go, right, put that down, let's yeah. have a look elsewhere. And buy, and if, you know, buy something, even if it is a hedging towards that, that in-between of inspiration or actual use, buy something that you, without being mean about it, but is that your level? Yeah. Like, I, there's not much point, like, there's some fantastic, like, there's some brilliant cookbooks out there by world-class top 50 chefs in the world. They've all done it, all got cookbooks, various versions and all the rest of it. But there's techniques in there which you are never, ever going to no. undertake at home unless you're really, really keen. Um, so buy something at, you know, if you're going to, if you're hedging your sort of bets on something that you're going to use or something that's a little bit inspirational, maybe, you know, have a look at achievable as well to get the most out of it because it's, it's not nothing. It's money. So I you want to well, get some value out of it. And yeah. Unless you get real enjoyment out of, you know, looking at the pictures and, you know, taking some inspiration on it. If you're going to actually use it, maybe get something that's at your level and look at it from the perspective of someone that's developed a bit of a talent for mixing ingredients that you wouldn't think of doing together to make a really good end dish. Another, I actually, there's one more I should mention, which is... Um, Yotalini, that's a book that I use because that Middle Eastern sort of thing mm. doesn't uh, – it's not that I'm not aware of it and don't know how to do it. It's just not natural to me like, let's say, French or European cooking is. Um, so I use his book as well, often. Well, I did buy a cookbook once because it looked fantastic and I thought, this is great. Yeah. I don't have a cake cookbook yeah and the three that i've tried making from it um all required a level of skill above where i currently am so it's a beautiful book i put in the shelf and then i go to brunetti's and pick up one yeah because they look great and i just don't have the skill and maybe not the time because i'm rushing normally to make a cake for someone's birthday yeah, i you... fall back on the things that i can do well yeah when i put the egg in yeah so chocolate cake yeah but, but so if you're gonna if you're gonna get one, maybe get something that you're right about that. Is realistic I, to this your. This was not at my skill level. This was really at. Yeah, but even if it's a great. bit above your skill level, that's fine because yeah. you want to achieve something that maybe you didn't think you could achieve. But also remember that a lot of the and we can talk about this firsthand. A lot of the images that you see in cookbooks are very hard to replicate in. Yes. Real life. Yes. Um, so getting that perfectly smooth uh, outer layer on a cake from a, a buttercream icing or a frosting or something like that um, requires tools that you may not have at home. And it may well also have been done with things that aren't buttercream frosting. You just don't know. And who knew until you're sort of taking photos and learning how to take photos of food just out of the oven the way mm. it is. We didn't realise how many photos used hairspray or... Shaving cream. Shaving cream. Toothpicks. Toothpicks, yes. Toothpicks to hold food up and make yeah. it look bigger and plumper. And we had no idea. And people are often surprised when they find Blow out that you, that you actually do all the photos and you don't... It's just out of the, 
literally out of the oven, out onto, of the the oven plate, onto the plate, take a take picture, take a photo, bang, let's move on. Yeah. And next, and that's yeah. why you can often still see the steam coming out because it's that quick. Yeah. So Unless yeah, just, I'm there stopping you because I'm eating it and yeah. you're trying to take a photo. <laughs> but yeah, it's just just be don't be let down yeah. by the fact. I mean, probably the ones from the better chefs, you're not going to see that. Um, that I would doubt very much that the Thomas Kellers and the Ben Churis of the world would no. allow that. But remember, they've got perfect lighting. They've picked the perfect crockery f- for that particular dish. Like, and it's them. It's, and, it's, yeah. and it's them too. So you got to, you know, there are certain things which are attainable. And I think really looking at a cookbook and going, because you can flick through a cookbook in a bookstore and just get some really good ideas and take them away without actually having to buy the book. And I'm not saying don't buy cookbooks. Unless, you, unless you're, of course, you're going to buy a Demystified, which yeah. you can't <laughs> find in good bookstores because we're not part of a chain. But yeah. another story. Yeah, for another day. Mm. Um, but, yeah, when you're, when you're looking around at your cookbooks, consider them in two ways. Like if you're buying it as a gift for someone and it's a beautiful cookbook, if they're a keen cook, are they going to use it? Or are you buying it just because it's a beautiful book? Neither is wrong. I'm not suggesting that either is wrong. But, you know, sometimes the ones that are less attractive are the ones that get used the most. They're the most practical. Yeah. Practical, how-tos, sensible. Yeah. 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 And I mean, a lot of them these days I've noted too are also... Three quarters of the book is is filled with the story of the journey that this particular person took when they went through Spain, and you're getting less about how to improve your cooking and more about someone's particular. So it's almost like a diary rather than a cookbook. Yeah, um, that's very popular. Yeah. So and is that a- is that what you're looking for? If it is, great. But yeah, I'm just trying to sort of. And it's more also for myself because I'm always on the lookout for something really good and inspirational and da da da. But I always find I come back to you know a, few, a handful of favourites which get beaten to death. They've got oil, butter, icing. Yeah. There's more seasoning in my cookbooks than you know <laughs> there is paper. Yeah. You know they they just get used, and, and it's also important to note that don't forget chefs read cookbooks too, like. Well, like they any don't profession. read them like, like any profession you to have copy to. the recipes. You no. just read them to just you know go oh, okay. That's an interesting sort of idea, or that's an interesting flavor combination. I wouldn't have thought of that, or you know, or memory. How can like mm. I do? I've been doing my main job for thirty years, and I, every year I still do professional development. Yeah, and I'm still sometimes struck with oh, I, yeah, you know. But how can you remember? Everything, and I think a cookbook's a great way of sometimes going back to those basics. Yeah. Well, I do that with my cookery the Australian way. The other cookbook I think a lot of Australians would have would be Margaret Fulton. I'm not sure what the equivalent would be in other parts of the world. I'm sure there would be. Oh, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart would, would be, be huge. Yeah. Delia in UK. Yeah. But Martha Stewart, she's also quite big here. Yeah. In a lot of ways, we all know her. We all know who she is with her cooking. Yeah. And Julia... Child. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you could take Julia Child's uh, recipes and scroll through La Rousse Gastronomy. I mean, it's, she's very heavily influenced by the French classics, you know, by Escoffier and all the real old school stuff. 
Um, but I think what she did was make it more accessible to people, not so daunting and overwhelming. Sort mm. of that and whole, it made a great movie. If if I could about do a it, cookbook, it made I a great could, movie. Yeah, if I could do it, anyone could do it. You know, the Ratatouille. There you go. Mm. Ratatouille, yes. the Disney Pixar movie. Well, the um, which was the famous line of the chef in that. Anyone can cook, was even it? a rat. Yeah, I didn't watch the movie. Oh my god! You'll have to, you have to watch it actually. It's really good. Huh. And just so people know, just they may not know this about that movie. The ratatouille that's actually made in that movie, which is the star dish of the movie, which is a very simple provincial French dish of zucchini, eggplant, capsicum, tomato, very, very simple. Um, the idea for that ratatouille was actually a real dish made by a real chef. Oh, wow. And the way it, that it was put together in the movie, in the animation, and the way that it was presented in the animation was identical to how that particular chef put it together, plated it up and made it. So they took something from real possible cooking life to an animation. So, yeah, there you go. I didn't know that. Well, it's something new every day. <laughs> but I did love that movie, Julia Yeah. Um, and Julie, I think it was called, but about a cookbook, doing a recipe every day, that was quite exciting. Yeah. But... Yeah, I guess, how many cookbooks would it be? A whole shelf? Two shelves? Me? Yeah. Bookcase. Oh, bookcase. Yeah. I have one shelf. No, I've got... I pen it back, though. I I go, no, I'm going to have an open this one. I got it as a present, and I recycle it to the... So, funny thing is, I I love cookbooks, and I don't get them as gifts anymore. When I was a lot younger and still learning... Everyone would get me a cookbook for a birthday or whatever it was. My parents, my sisters, you know, whatever. I would always get cookbooks and very rarely, very, very rarely do I get cookbooks anymore. No one buys me cookbooks. I'd be anymore. too scared. Are you kidding? No. God, what? why? Hey, I know a good cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> I, the last, I can tell you the last cookbook I got was actually from another, especially in Melbourne, but probably Australia, well-known chef called Gabriel Gatte, and I actually did a cooking demonstration with him, and he gave me a copy of his latest cookbook. And the funny thing was, is when I started my apprenticeship, one of the first books I ever got given was a birthday present from my sister, which was a Gabriel Gatte cookbook. So, oh, twenty-something wow. years down the track, I actually looked at that cookbook when I was an apprentice and oh that's really cool and da 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 and then 20 years later I'm actually cooking with him and he's giving me a signed copy of his book that was pretty cool it's pretty cool that was so when you got your first cookbook you were 15 16 yeah about 15 so you were already cooking at home at that stage yep one of the I still remember one of the first things I cooked for my mother I I tried to host a dinner party for about my 13th or 14th birthday party and no one showed up (laughs) well, <laughs> of course, that wouldn't happen now. No. Um, so that was kind of devastating. I remember being quite upset by that. And I started working in kitchens. And the first thing I was really inspired to cook was uh, risotto milanese. And I cooked that for my mum. I still remember doing it. I still remember the colour of the saffron. It was like the first time I'd bought saffron. You know, it was uber expensive then, just as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was one of the first things. I think it was pretty rubbish. 
Oh, <laughs> I bet she said she loved it because your yeah, mum would not be. Yeah. But, like, your parents have to when their child doesn't want to go to school anymore and they want to leave home and rent a house and start an apprenticeship as a cook. Like, yeah. that's, you know, they have to be. Yes, it's really good, darling, <laughs> while they're spitting it out <laughs> to a napkin. Once you out. Yeah. Um, but that's probably the first, one of I the think first knowing things. knowing your mum. Wine would have helped to wash it down. It would have tasted great. The old Chateau de Bilt-Marsan. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was rubbish. I can't quite recall. Probably in my head I was like, yeah, it's really good. But I'm pretty sure it was pretty rubbish. I'm pretty sure 20 years ago it would have been okay because it wasn't as well known to households in Melbourne as it is now. Yeah, quite possibly. Guarantee that. Yeah. You know, really. Guarantee that. Things have changed a lot. That's one of the things that I love. It's not quite 20 years ago. You're making me sound a bit older. It's more like 14 or 15, 16. Yeah, dream on, sunshine. <laughs> dream on. 16 years ago, with not Oh, yeah. And the rest, Paul. I'm good at maths, remember? Yeah. I might not be good at doing a cookbook, but I'm good at maths. But things have changed a lot. Yeah. You know, and that's been great. That's what we all love about cosmopolitan Australia is, thank heavens, we have such a multicultural mix of food. Because there's not such an... I don't think there's an Aussie culture as such. You know, you go to Italy and every seemingly everyone that you meet can have a little restaurant yeah. and their food that they make at home is something that you would pay money for. Yeah. Whereas here, you know, we're, we're so impacted by so many food types. I don't think... Well, we're a lot newer than that's the right. Europeans, yeah. as an example. Yeah. Like, we haven't but, been... Okay. Besides the Indigenous Australians who have been around... And sadly, years. sadly, um, we don't know enough about that as a culture. No. And that's another good, like, you know, have a look at cookbooks that you're interested in, not only from a cooking perspective, but if you want to, like you asked before, if you want to get a cookbook just on fish, you can get some really good ones now. But go for, go for people that, you know, if I was to buy a, cook, a fish cookbook for you, who do you, th- and it was a chef cookbook, who do you think I would buy? What chef would I think would be probably at your level, could teach you a little bit? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot and I'm going to say maybe, I don't know, someone like Jamie Oliver or no, even lower. See, Thomas Keller, I'd like to think that you would say that, but no, I know that. But I have watched him do Carrots, and that was very good. Yeah. Who? So someone like Rick Stein. Oh, I love Rick Stein. I watch all of his shows. Yeah. He's really but, great. Yeah. Maggie but Beer. Does, Maggie Beer would yeah, be, but I would watch her. Rick Stein is, he is a fantastic global fish. specialist in seafood. He's super passionate about it. He does is. super simple okay. recipes. So if I was to buy a cookbook, a fish cookbook for you, okay, Rick Stein. I would go, okay, where's Linda at? She really likes fish. She likes seafood. She likes eating it. She's reasonably passionate about it. Crap cook. No, but do I think you could learn, uh, <laughs> yeah. take away at least half a dozen recipes out of the book? If I was buying you a book for actual use, I would probably go, okay, rather than get a all-over person like a Jamie Oliver that does everything pretty well yeah if yeah. i'm buying a topical subject book like a subject book on a particular type of cooking okay. or a particular thing i'm probably going to go to a rick stein 
I'm not going to buy a Japanese cook, Japanese oh, no. cookbook from <laughs> just you know no, like no. like that's I'm not going to do that if I want um, you know I'd like to say a native Australian cookbook there's very there are some but there's not a lot of them but if I if I want a, a cookbook on um, Middle Eastern food I'm going to look at someone like Yotam mm. you know well his recipes are very easy to read and follow. Yeah. But Rick Stein, oh, that's interesting. Well, my birthday is coming up, just saying. But, <laughs> but she, no, you're so right. So she wants an oven, a new wine fridge, basically no, I don't want a new wine fridge. downdraft uh, oh, yeah. and a cookbook. But uh, just saying. But Rick Stein, I, he is someone that you, like Maggie Beer for Australians, mm. but Rick Stein, he makes travelling and cooking and home cooking seem really But easy. his books are the same. So that's the thing. Mm. So it's what, and one of the reasons we're talking about this is a bloke that I know rang me today and said, "I've been using your website heaps. It's great." Da da da. He goes, but can you just send me a book? Like I owe him a favour, and I also ask for one in return. He said because while I like the website and it's got a lot of variety, he goes. You know, the computer screen goes into sort of sleep mode if I don't get back to it. And then I've got to touch, touch it with my fingers and I've got my phone and da-da-da-da-da. He goes, I just want a book. I said, yeah, okay, cool. And when we found that over time, that the book is, our book has done okay. Um, sure, there's more information on the website, but people still like to have a cookbook and sit it up on the bench well, this and is see the, other the pictures. Thing, isn't it? And, you know, this is the other thing. Do you sit down with your iPad or like I would use my iPad sometimes now if I'm looking for something for inspiration I will look at a Rick Stein or um, somebody or I will just go hey I'm thinking about this if I see something on tally that piques my interest I'll grab my iPad and have a look so I wonder are people still trending towards cookbooks or are we going to online download free you know, it, you're looking for a recipe on, you know, chicken sitzel. There's 88 million. Yeah. You just choose the top ones that come up that everyone just goes to because they're the ones that everyone goes to, so they yeah. get the highest ranking. And just, oh, that'll do. Yeah. That's fine. You know, I wonder, I, I just wonder whether we're moving towards more online, downloadable. The problem is, is maybe you don't know where those recipes are coming from. A lot of the time, so there's a lot of apps now as well. Oh, you know, there course, are increasingly like, number. There's yeah. a lot of apps now where you can basically punch in your ingredients that you got in your fridge, and it'll spit out a couple of options to make a meal. But where, like, where has that come from? Like, is it just someone who's been a bit clever, and or does it have some fundamental base level understanding of technique? And I know I'm saying this like all the time, but I, I would mm. rather. I'd rather take a chicken schnitzel recipe from Rick Stein than I would from anyone else on the internet. Not anyone else, but most on the internet mm. because he'll tell me that it should be this thing because of X, Y, and Z. He'll give me a reasoning why. Traditional, let's say maybe not chicken schnitzel, let's say a veal schnitzel. You know, I'll, I'll take the advice of someone from Germany versus... yeah. America or Australia for that matter you know and I only recently found out that you know a proper schnitzel is 
cooked in clarified butter. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't Sometimes know Sometimes oil and clarified butter. And they're always done in a pan. Never in a deep fryer. Okay. Always pan fried. Always. Like, and there's reasons for all of those things. So I kind of look, depending on what I'm looking for, I kind of look in that direction. Do I look online? Yeah, sometimes. I use my cookbooks more for, I'll probably just flick through them, right? I might see something on page seven and just take note of it in my head. And then I might see something on page 105 and go, oh, that's right. I was just looking at that thing. And maybe those two things could go together. Like, take mm. just you just kind of bits and pieces bits and pieces mm. it's kind of I kind of think of it like shopping you know when I go to the market I don't go with a plan in place for what we do mm. and sometimes especially not for home so I'll go to the market and just open minded I there is no plan I want to get some fish only if it's good enough if I don't get that then what am I going to do um, and so I kind of think of it like going to the butcher going to the fruit and veg guy you know, and I'll yeah. just pick a little bit out of here and there and go, oh, okay, maybe that could work, that could work. And that's how new things happen. Like, that's how new things come up. You don't, sometimes they're not planned. Well, one of the, the things that I've had with some of those online recipes is when you actually look at them and I want to see if it's something above my skill or whether they require equipment that I don't have, like an ice chiller mm. or a deep fryer or things, but then you're reading the recipe and sometimes you think, hang on, how did you get from there to here? You've missed, like, you know, because I'm not sure that they're always translated properly or, you know. Um, well, it's not easy to write a recipe too. As, as we know. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to leave off sometimes important, important information. Like <laughs> the pork belly has pork in it. Yeah. But but it is hard. And, and so you're right. I, I am a bit more discerning about when I'm looking at something, if I find something online and I think, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. But you're right. Is it going to work? Is it going to turn out? Does it have the right? Yeah, and sometimes it, the best thing is is to not read them when you need them. Like, yes. Read read them when you don't need them. Like say, so mm. if you just before you go into the market, if you see something that sparks your interest and go, oh, I think I might want to cook chicken schnitzel. It's a bad example, but let's just say, read it and read the method then and there and you just get that in your head because if you're trying to keep up with the recipe while you're cooking and you skip a step yeah. or something happens you know so yeah. you're better off having a look at least a little bit in advance of you actually cooking I mean when you're baking a cake and stuff like that it's a bit different because it spends a bit of time in the oven and you've got a bit of time to faff about and catch up and read in between but yeah have a read I always say like read it first before you even start and like anything i think we've mentioned this before i'm a big advocate of getting all your ingredients laid out oh, laid so out, same you thing. know like, it's about planning yeah get everything ready yep. to go and then hit the method yeah like have a look at the ingredients list get everything weighed yeah. out don't try and do it on the run because you you'll you're miss gonna stuff it up well you're not going not necessarily but you'll miss something well it's, it increases the odds of yeah, yeah. You, you've got Mistakes. a very low margin of error. So that's another thing to look at with you with the cookbooks. Make sure all that stuff's clear. Like, make sure there's clear differentiation between, you know, you don't want to read a recipe that has got some of the ingredients in the ingredients list, but then there are a couple of hidden ones through the method. 
Yeah. Oh, you know, add an extra 25 grams of sugar at this stage. And you're like, what? oh, okay. And now I've got to stop, pause, get the scales, weigh the sugar out. You know what I mean? Mm. So look for, I always, I actually consciously always look for recipes that have a different font. I know it's stupid for the ingredients versus the method. Okay. Always. Easy to read. Yeah. Because well, there's a, you always just go, okay, mm. you know. So, I like recipes that actually have photos so I can see and I mean, not, we the, not the raw that ingredients, yeah. not the raw ingredients, I yeah. get that. I want to see the end product so that I've got something in my head that I can aim for. That's just, but that's just me. Yeah, but we would, we discussed that a lot when we were doing our book mm. and so we sacrificed putting extra recipes in there to have a single photo for every single recipe that's in there yeah. to give people an idea. Now, it's, are they perfect? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But uh, do they give people an idea of what it should look like at the end? Because I mean, there's some recipes in there just like steam a piece of salmon. Like, yeah, it's a piece of salmon sitting on a plate which has been steamed, but it gives you a visual idea of the texture that, you know, we're telling you to look mm. for. Um, so I... Depending on where you're at, where your skill level is, I suppose. Um, because a lot of the time, I like to not see a picture because then I get a picture of it in my head. So I'll see a list of ingredients. So it's almost like reading a menu. You see a list of ingredients, but you're not, you don't necessarily know what it's going to look like when it comes out and hits the table. But being a chef and being a customer... yeah. I know that sometimes I look at those ingredients and I think, wow, and then what comes out is so different in my head. Yeah. I just go, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah. Mm. And does it does it take away initially sometimes? I don't know. I mean, our uncle overseas just says never buy, who lives in Spain, never go to a restaurant where there are pictures on the menu. No. And yet... In, when you're in a foreign country and you sometimes can't figure out the translation, it, the thing that helps you. Yeah, I'm not one for that. I know it's big in Japan and places like that. Uh, certainly some Asian cultures do a lot of pictures on their menus. Um, I'm not a huge one for that. Well, I think if you're, if you're trying a cuisine that you're not familiar with or you're not really on top of, you really do need pictures in your cookbook. Mm. In help? your cookbook, yeah, I'm talking about it. No, restaurant. no, but in your cookbook, yeah. you do. That's yeah. when you really do need to have, you know, some idea on what it looks like, so you know what you're aiming for. Yeah, and that's what you are expecting to cook with unusual ingredients. But interesting. Mm. So yeah, although not wholly steam related, I just thought it would not be interesting to but talk it is, about. Cookbooks. But it is interesting because even on Facebook, when I, the few times I open up Facebook. It's an amazing how many recipes there are now on Facebook coming up. People just doing little quick things, yeah. and I don't know how they're, you know, what? Yeah, is this? Yeah. So there's everywhere you're being bombarded with food. It's the Internet of all things. It is. Yeah. Who knew? Who the thought Internet of this? things. And your cookbooks are still really viable. Yeah, really viable. So don't stop buying. I'm, well, no, don't not I buy wouldn't. them. But I, I was just, I just thought it was worth mentioning that if you are going to get one, just. Why? Not why are you going to get one, but think about what do you want out of it? Do you want it to be a display piece where something that just gives you pure enjoyment from reading it and looking at it, or do you actually want to get it to work with and for you? Like, do you want to work out of it? Do you want to actually get some enhanced knowledge out of it? 
by actually doing what it's suggesting that you should do, which is use it to cook with. Neither of them are wrong, but don't expect it to go and buy a beautiful hardcover Thomas Keller French laundry cookbook and be Scott able to Pickett or, or Scott Pickett or who I mean is it you know um, oh, what's the other one Ben Shuri um, Peter Gilmore like a lot of these Australian oh, yeah. guys yeah. just absolutely stunning books like totally. the books are beautiful totally um, but I'm not going to I'm not going to do Thomas Keller's uh what does it call it? Oysters and pearls. You know, it's a dish of oysters and caviar and all sorts of other stuff. I'm not buying a hundred dollars a gram caviar. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so um, there's nothing wrong with those books, but you just if you're going to get a cookbook, figure out what why you want it. That's good advice. Mm. Anyway, and I'm going to get a cookbook for birthday. Yay, <laughs> Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that get on to it, mate. Thank you. See you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe and for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com. Mm-hmm.